Hello fam, welcome to our One Pretend Stay Woke podcast with me, your host, your favorite host, Miss J. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope everybody's doing great. Oof, it was a very long night last night when it came down to voting and everybody had their fingers crossed and hopefully, uh, well it's only our hopes that we don't do the Cheeto dance again. That's all I can say. We did our part, truly. I want to say thank you, thank you so much for everyone who voted. I say it's on behalf of everybody because every single vote counted. And I want to say so much more about election night, but I want to I want to fall asleep tonight. So I'm going to just let that one go. Let's just pray that everything turns out okay. So anyhow, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I enjoyed reading and listening to your feedback about my last podcast. It was interesting to know that a lot of people did not know about the Electoral College. I am ecstatic, yo. I'm so ecstatic that so many people learned what ADOS meant. By the way, it means African descendants of slavery, just in case you missed a lad podcast. So while reading through my emails, I was presented with quite some brave questions. And as usual, I am going to try to, you know, uh, share one with you. Um, as in the earlier segments, I mentioned that I will not be saying the individual's name who actually sent the email. I got you. I got you. That's why I made up a name to protect your integrity. Seriously. So this is how it goes. Brace yourself. How do I know if I'm racist? I have never been mean to any black people or Spanish people. I know it sounds cliche, but I do have minority friends without any issues. We share birthdays and holidays and have never had any disagreements on anything. Oh dear. Okay. All right. Now I made up that voice because it just sounded kind of cheesy, but you know, that really, I don't know their voice. Yeah. So, so dear unassuming racist, that will be your name for tonight. Listen, quite frank. I have white friends. Yes, I do. I do. My son-in-law is white. My daughter-in-law is white. Does it mean that we don't have issues? We do. But one thing that we don't do, we don't do in this family, is act like there are no issues. Once you blurted out that word, minorities, you fell and busted your lip right there and then. You could have just, should have just left that one out. You know, we, we're the majority. We are the majority. Don't forget that. I'm not trying to be mean, but we are. We're everywhere and we're not leaving anytime soon. What you need to do 
is recognize that racism does exist in you, okay? Sorry to let you know this, but you asked me the question, so I had to open up that wound. It exists in you. You know, I have a biracial granddaughter who will have to learn very early on that racism is all over the place. I will never say I don't see color. We dealt with that in a po- in a past podcast before where you, you remember that question. And I want her to see color. That will be her reality. Now, to answer your question, statement in a more formal way, I'm going to give you some examples because, you know, I can never make my point without my famous questions to rattle, you know, to rattle your nerves. It's like, I, I, I ask you questions. I can't help it. Now, are you surprised when you meet a black person who speaks really supposedly good English, so they say, that they are so articulate? Does that surprise you? Do you assume that when you meet a black person in an athletic competition like football or basketball or even track, that he or she will be stronger than you? Do you think that? I don't know. Maybe you do. I'm sure you do. It can be difficult for people to see racism in themselves. That's just a simple fact. But there is, there is the truth. Everyone has some type of racist attitude. Yes, even me. There is a bitter racist in everyone. Don't forget that Broadway show, Avenue Q. Yep, the one with the puppets. Yep, look it up on on YouTube if you want to see it again because that little song will definitely make you realize that everybody has a little bit of racism in them. Everybody. So here's the bad news. If you're one of those people that has to ask, am I racist? You are. Now, if you're not asking if you're racist... You are. Okay? I'm sure that clarifies everything for you. To the best of my ability, I have answered your question, hopefully, and satisfied your curiosity about this topic. So, right now, you know, I want to share something with you. And, you know, I'm always sharing the spoken word because as a writer, I listen to a lot of young young people doing the spoken word and also reading poetry. And I I just love when young people come out and... And speak their truth. Even though they haven't, they've only lived not even a third of their life, they're speaking their truth. There's this young man named Gabriel Ramirez. Now, when you first start to listen to this, okay, you're gonna get a brief silence in the beginning. Okay? I just want you to keep listening. Because what you hear after that brief silence will stay in your minds for quite a while. Now don't panic. Again, you're gonna hear a little bit of silence. Give it a minute. It's part of his spoken word. Um, It's called Black Boy Auditions for His Own Funeral. Black Boy Auditions for His Own Funeral. How was that? Did my silence break the small mother in your chest? I was going for this closed casket kind of quiet, you know, thought I'd make things more real, like an autopsy, cause of death, racism. 
time of death when white America opened my auction block mouth poured nigger down my throat and it became the only language I knew poison so thick you could call it an accent call itself hey you know a ruined black boy be a fresh meal be what prisons fill their wallets with black movies so low budget we could use the concrete instead of a crucifix yeah it's fine haven't had a casting call so i've been training with a cop you know he told me to get against the wall told me to get on the ground told me to say my lines with his gun in my mouth they didn't believe there could be a god in my sometimes church body and thirsty for faith they shot rounds at my stained glass skin wanted to see a god that looked like them ooze from the rapture of me do i look the part yet i spent all day with the mortician they liked me they saw my head shot you can put as many holes in me as you want i could dance despite the bullets these seeds police planted to make me a field of blooming things like activists and protests and hashtags at the morgue they held me like a mother would but not like my mother did at the hospital trying to squeeze the rhythm back into my chest will the sequel be about my mother in a courtroom wailing her way into a settlement of I was only doing my job and a check to pacify her raging blood take what flowers grow from me make a bouquet for my mother for all mothers who lose children and are left with shovels to bury what they thought would be the rest of their lives roll the credits a round of applause for every cop that made it to the big screen with their hands too full of fundraised retirement money to carry any kind of accountability roll the credits walk out the theater all the names of the taken from us too soon ascending into some rushed and forgotten heaven let my death be your last take and in this final shot when you burying me make sure you get my good side in memory of those who were murdered by the police hashtag say their names mentions the names of our brothers and sisters that cannot return home from work to their families or enjoy the upcoming holidays and it's a reminder that those same supposedly law-abiding officers they get to go home and enjoy the holidays with their families and their friends rayshard brooks he fell asleep in his car at a drive-thru at a fast food place boom got shot murdered daniel prude ran outside naked due to a mental health episode okay he had a mental health episode and guess what happened to him brianna taylor she was asleep in her own home stefan clark standing outside of his grandmother's yard he was standing outside of his grandmother's yard botham jane sitting in his sofa at home eating ice cream freddie gray died in the back of a police van I read this on Black Lives Matter's website. Um, there's uh, a slight little, I don't, I don't want to call it a poem, but it's something that someone wrote um, in regards to George Floyd. And this is how it reads. George Floyd couldn't breathe. We can't either. We live in fear. Fear of walking outside, wearing a hoodie, going for a jog, sleeping in our own home existing every day a new hashtag every hour a new injustice every second more pain 
we don't deserve to live like this and we continue to fight until white supremacy no longer permeates every corner of this country until we can live full lives freely fam today's segment is important it's very important to me well all my segments are important but with every segment that I do it's doing the research and bringing you information that I feel that everyone needs to know you know there there's a buzz going around about cultural appropriation and how it affects everybody I'm going I'm going to throw some colorism at you I'm going to throw some AAVE I'll explain to you what that means I'm going to throw some black scent at you and it's meaning listen podcasts they're about talking okay that's what I do I talk learning and educating I'm not going to sit here and buzz in your ears about shit that means nothing. Nothing to me. Uh, I'm not about nothing. I'm about something. I take pride in what I present to you every single week. And I'm going to talk some, I'm going to talk about some systematic racism. And I'm going to speak to you, I'm going to speak to the misinformed. And I'm not going to tap dance around the obvious. It is irresponsible on my part to even try to stay silent. (laughs) That's that's not who I am. Anybody that knows me knows that's not who I am. I came across an article about Native Americans and one thing stood out as I was doing my research. This is how it goes. It's time to make Native Americans more visible. Explore the richness of our history and culture. Quit supporting insulting imagery and labels. It's time to be real Americans. Well, look at here. I'm all for recognizing different cultures and respecting the history. And damn those fuckers that run around wearing Indian headdresses and naming sport teams under Indian names and stereotyping Native Americans in every movie. But, fam, I gotta focus my attention on ADOS and I have to focus my attention on Afro-Latinx. Because I, at this particular moment, I really doubt if Native Americans are focusing their attention on us right now okay that's that's my just my take on it I, I think I'm right on this one we witness insulting imagery and labels on a daily basis this is where cultural appropriation enters, enters the building okay or is it cultural appreciation I'm gonna let you decide on that one okay so I'm gonna go back to 2016 okay you remember this Nets Brooklyn player? His name is Jeremy Lin. Remember him? He used to work. You know, he used to work. Hello, duh. What work it was too, right? He used to um, like play for the Knicks. And then, you know, he's out. He was really good, though. I got to see a, f- a few of his games. He really was good. So, in 2016, Jeremy Lin Lin unveiled his dreadlocks. Yes, he unveiled a, he- a whole head of dreadlocks only to be accused of cultural appropriation by a fellow basketball star called Kenyon Martin. For those who have never heard of Lin, he is of Taiwanese descent. Kenyon, I can say Kenyon, 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 that's it, Kenyon, got it, called the hairstyle foolishness. Lin Lin clapped back in a now deleted Instagram posting and he 
posted a picture of Martin's Mandarin tattoos. Yo, he actually searched for that. And he posted this picture. And he wrote, At the end of the day, I appreciate that I have dreads and you have Chinese tattoos. I think that it's a sign of respect. Hmm, Lin Lin. Yeah, Lin Lin clapped back mighty well. Yes, he did. Personally, this was... <laughs> A non-big deal in the grand scheme of it all. Now, in my world, it was not really a big deal. But I only brought it up just to give you an example of, oh, how we tread the delicate lines of appreciation appropriation. Yes, we do. Now, let's distinguish the two, just in case you're curious about this, okay? Appreciation is when someone seeks to understand and learn about another culture in an effort to broaden their perspective and connect with other cross-culturally, whereas appropriation, again, appropriation, is simply taking, adopting, or cherry-picking one aspect of a culture that is not your own and using it for your own personal interest. Simply, one requires permission. And the other one doesn't. The other one doesn't, does not require permission at all. They just take it. It's important to understand that black people's interactions with other cultures are not based on a historically violent relationship of taking from or benefiting from other cultures. That's a fact, which is what appropriation consists of. You're not going to make me repeat this one again. No, you're not, because you're going to rewind. You're going to listen to it yourself again, because I'm not saying this one again. Ooh, okay. So, one more thing before I move on beyond Jeremy Lin, black people. Mm, you know, You know the burden of locks, okay? You know the burden that people have had with locks and how we are sometimes forced to do the big chop in order to fit in and actually earn a living. Lin Lin got to be edgy. Yes, he did. White kids get to be hip when they wear dreads. For them, it's a statement of rebelliousness. For us, it's a culture. Go figure. But for a white kid to walk around with dreads, <laughs> you're going to see, oh, he's so hip. Oh, my God, look at that. Oh, he looks, look at them dreads. I wonder how long it took him to get that and all that other stuff that goes with it. It's almost like glamorized. It, it's, it's not. It's not. No. No. For us, we fought <laughs> to be able to keep them in sports, to keep them at work, and even when we're fighting your war. We're still fighting to have them not associate locks with being a criminal. And this is a fight no other non-black group has to fight. We have to fight it. You don't. Oh, whoever the you is, I'm just saying non-black groups, okay? Black people adopting other cultures or customs is not appropriation. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Black people adopting other cultures or customs is not appropriation, okay? Appropriation is about benefiting from other cultures while simultaneously dehumanizing them. I know that sounds a little deep and it sounds like really cynical, but the truth is the truth. An anti-black society by definition means all non-black people do this. And no, black people are able to. So by definition, we can't, okay? 
Yeah, that's it. We can't. We're going to have a conversation about black people adopting from other cultures and about the cross-cultural violence black people admittedly enact. We're also going to have a conversation about the general assumption that black folks are stupid and don't know anything about what they are doing and how they do things. Okay? As a matter of fact, you know something? I want to have a conversation, like a full conversation about that, but I know that having that full conversation is going to probably take like maybe two or three days. So I'm going to just go ahead and, you know, ask yourself, ask yourself this. Do I understand the significance of what I'm doing here? Okay? I'm talking about cultural appropriation, okay? Am I honoring the culture or am I simply imitating it? Hmm. Let that mull around in your head. Am I perpetuating a stereotype that might hurt those who belong to this culture? Think about that. Really, let it seep in. Am I doing this as a personal opportunity to interact with or experience another culture? Or am I doing this for a photo op so I can post it on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever the fuck y'all post these things in? Well, are you doing it for that reason? Or are you doing it because you're actually trying to experience another culture? Okay? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought so. Anyone that knows me knows that I wear a lot of African jewelry, headbands, and clothing. I do it because I am of African descent and understand the meaning and I respect our culture. So don't get all up in your feelings and try to throw me in there, okay? Because I know my culture. I know where I'm from, okay? Now, let's move on. Hmm. Will the clothes that... Let me see how I can put this. Maybe I can... I don't, I don't know. I'm going to... I'm only just straight up, okay? Because I, I hate trying to, like, you know, make, like, these big words and... Uh, no. Will the clothes that you wear honor or hurt people? That's just plain and simple. Will it do that? Will it honor or will it hurt the people? Are you playing to a certain stereotype? Think about it. Just, 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 just think about it. Every Halloween, who are you trying to be? Okay? Every Halloween, who, who are you trying to imitate? Do you really understand the culture that you're trying to honor? Or do you just have basic knowledge of it? Okay? I just, I just, a simple question. Not, not too much. No SAT questions here, okay? Why are you doing all this? What's your intention? Take the time to ask yourself the hard questions, because I have. That alone can be enough to make you step back and think, after all. Quite frankly, cultural appropriation often comes more from ignorance than hate. Ooh, nobody likes to use that word ignorance, right? But I'm using it. Because it's more from ignorance than hate. Okay, because, you know. But guess what? Guess what, fam? Ignorance isn't bliss. Apologizing later for this is not going to help. So before you do anything stupid, think about what you're doing and who it may impact. And stop borrowing what you don't understand. Stop borrowing from us. If you don't understand what you're borrowing, stop. Just stop. You got your own costumes to deal with. Deal with those. Leave ours alone. If you don't understand the culture, you're far more likely to fall into cultural appropriation. I'm going to keep throwing. I'm going to actually get a t-shirt that says cultural appropriation. Rather than cultural appreciation. Because y'all try to disguise that by saying that it's appreciation. You know, people fall into this crazy trap. Like when they get, when, like when they get tattoos, right? the features and the symbols from someone else's culture. For example, 
you know, you got to ask yourself, what is the intention of using that symbol? Okay, what is the intention? Is it for your gain or for you honoring someone else? You know, I have two Japanese tattoos. I absolutely love them. One means energy, the other one means strength. Quite frankly, I didn't want to write out the word energy and I didn't want to write out the word strength. And I love the symbolism. I love what it meant. And I remember when I gave birth to my daughter Zoe, my doctor actually looked at my hand and said, you have a lot of strength and you have a lot of energy. I went, yo, yeah, through all that pain, I was like, yo, he, he understands me. He got me. He didn't take it as an insult. He didn't feel that I was trying to do something um, disrespectful. He got that. Because damn, when you push out five kids, <laughs> you got to have some type of strength. I promise you that. So moving on. You know, it, there's so many aspects of life today that were stolen from other cultures that is just downright embarrassing. Truly, it really is downright embarrassing. Sometimes I, I look and I search and I don't even know what to say sometimes. I really, I really don't. You know, like, like, like I said before, Halloween is the, the, the day that everyone truly gets a pass. They, they really do think they're getting a pass on this one. You, you have Jamaican Rastas, you have Geishas, you have Mexicans. Anything you would normally not wear on any other Sunday, you show your asses proudly on Halloween. You want to be a thug for the day? Yo, what better day to do it than Halloween? Yes. And even this Halloween, when we were all supposed to be quarantining inside, there were people still outside showing their asses with the same exact costumes. Except that they have a mask on. Well, no, that's not true. They did not all wear masks on their face. They wanted to show their face too. Yeah, so you know something? I ain't wishing nothing bad on you, but y'all should know better than that. Okay, y'all should know better. This is especially true for white cultures, okay? Who have laid claim to so many certain foods, dances, figures of speech, music that originated elsewhere, okay? It originated elsewhere. It's important that we educate ourselves to this fact. Whatever culture we're a part of, you got to educate yourself. You know, the reality is that most of us, most of us are largely unaware of what happened before us, before we came to play, before we got here. You know, even if we studied history, we didn't, we, we, the history that we studied in school, I, I don't even want to call it history. I really don't. I don't want to, I don't want to even go there. But some of us picked up books. Some of us picked up history books, you know, great books that allowed us to understand most of us learned about racism and slavery, but do you know the words, the customs, practices that are wrapped up in this part of American history? I double, triple dare you to explain that one to me. So when you send me a message or when you send me an email, I just want you to briefly explain to me what's your take on it, okay? That's all I want to know. I really want to know because I will read it online because I'm just, I'm just very curious. You know, do you know, for example, the popular term peanut gallery yeah you ever heard that one the peanut gallery or uppity they have racist origins did you know that did you know that well yeah you got to read a book to know that one i promise you you will be surprised where that word the peanut the, you won't even use that word no more after you find out where that came from so once you educate yourself about your own culture and where it came from it actually gets easier to practice it <laughs> believe it or not it really does because you know practice makes perfect 
I want to give you I want to give you an example of appropriation, okay? Yeah, I'm going to give you a simple, a, a simple, you know, it's not even simple. It's just facts. Cinco de Mayo. Y'all know what that is, right? May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. We throw ourselves into the holiday by wearing sombreros and knocking out tequilas at the bar. We're mimicking their tradition. How disrespectful is that? We're making fun and enjoying their holiday at their expense. Guess who's not celebrating Cinco de Mayo? You want to know why? Because they're working. Yes. Those Mexican guys, those Mexican women and children, that's their holiday, Cinco de Mayo. You know what they're doing? They're home, taking care of their family, and they're working their asses off, working all hours of the night to make a living. While you're at the bar, celebrating at their expense. Jeez. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't insult them by stating that you're celebrating and honoring them. I can guarantee you, you have zero idea what even occurred on Cinco de Mayo. And don't expect me to tell you on this podcast, because you're going to have to look that up yourself. Not mimicking their traditions, but by looking for ways to honor them. You know, instead of you throwing a Cinco de Mayo party and learn about Mexican culture and history, you know, and how the holiday came to exist. Yeah, that's what you should be doing. (laughs) That's what you should be doing. Don't be throwing a Cinco de Mayo party. You don't even know what the hell Cinco de Mayo is. And by the way, surprise, Taco Bell is not Mexican food. Just want to throw that in there. Yeah, it's not. And you know something? What about asking your Muslim neighbors what Ramadan means? You know, I have a really good friend. I call him Dula, right? And he explained to me so vividly what Ramadan was. And what, how, how, how it's, how it's honored. And I never quite understood it because I was always saying, oh my goodness, why would anybody just like not eat anything for like the whole day? Um, or why will they, you know, pray several times on a, on a rug, on, you know, on, on the ground. And why, why did all of this, why was all of this going on? I didn't understand that. I was like maybe like 17, 18 years old. As I got older, I I met more friends who celebrated Ramadan, who, and it was taken so seriously. And you know, I really do respect the fact that no matter what they were doing throughout the day, they found a moment in their life to 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 do their prayers, to honor their culture, their religion, and I had. I, I, the, the respect, the res, the major respect I had. And then you have people that pass by on the street if they're doing their prayer and they're in a quiet corner at work or whatever. And they're like, oh, you can't do that here. Or you can't take time from work to do that. But you guys can take off of work, leave early to get to happy hour to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. On the holidays, they even belong to you. Yeah, how fair is that? Think about it. Yeah, next time Ramadan rolls around, you think about that. Educate yourself on people's customs, languages, and religion. You know? You know, this podcast may puncture some wounds here and there. I don't care. I get it. 
You can be watching 90 Day Fiance or something. There may be other things to entertain you. Scroll through your Facebook. I don't know. Hit likes on Instagram. But I can tell you one thing that's for sure. You're going to learn something today. Yes, you are. Cultural appreciation. Okay? And cultural appropriation often come down to one thing. Just one word. Intention. Don't forget that. Oh, that felt really powerful. Yes, it did. Cultural appropriation divides people and it reinforces toxic stereotypes. I truly believe that. And it does lead to a lot of misunderstandings. And it sets people up for social warfare. Yeah, that was like a big deal. Like I was like, I mean, you're probably saying it's not that serious, but it is that serious. The difference between cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation are often it's often a really fine line. And y'all cross it all the time. Y'all cross it. Because you don't you don't think to to think and put yourself in other people's shoes. What begins as a celebration of another culture can quickly turn into appropriation because it's it's done for the wrong reasons. And you know this. But ye saith, I'm just showing appreciation for the culture. You're just looking for something to be offended by. It's just clothing. It's just hairstyles. My favorite one. Oh, this is my favorite one. I'm doing it because it's exotic and beautiful. All right, let's see something exotic and beautiful here. Okay, what about Iggy Azalea? Everything Iggy screams cultural appropriation. Just watch any of her videos. Doesn't matter which one. Pick any of them. What about Beyonce and Coldplay? What about that little collaboration? And you know something, beehives don't come after me. She's no exception to the rule, okay? Let's take it back. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it way back. Bo Derek, Remember her? Remember her? Did you remember for her winning an Academy Award? Of course not. But you remember her for wearing them goddamn braids with the beads in that movie 10. And for those who have never heard of the movie, I MBD it. I promise you. It's a, it's a horrible movie. It really is a horrible movie. But people only remember Bo Derek running through the beach in braids with beads. Yeah. The Kardashians. Enough said. Katy Perry. Ha! Enough said. If blackface has its shameful poster boy, I can tell you who it is. It's Al Jolson. Mm-hmm. It was way before our time. It was definitely way before our time. Many other, you know, actually many other 20th century performers, unfortunately, Shirley Temple, who I loved, to Bing Crosby, they donned a couple of blackface makeups and a couple of roles. Just look it up. You'll see. Al Jolson, he was dubbed the king of blackface performers, the world's greatest entertainer. I'm going to give you an example here of his now famous Swanee. I've been away from you a long time. I never thought I'd miss you so. Somehow I feel your love was real. Near you, I long to be. The birds are singing, it is song time. The band of strumming soft and low. I know that you yearn for me too. Honey, you're calling me. Still no clue? 
You still have no clue who Al Jolson is? What about this one? <laughs> I'm sure you're going to remember this. I'm sure you heard this one sometime in your lifetime. Okay? This is um, this one is called uh, Camp Town Races. Not racist, but Cape, Cape Camp Town. That's it. Camp Town Races. Like, you know, running the race? Yeah. So as I stated before, he became world known for sporting a blackface. I don't, I don't really think, I don't think he would fare so well now in 2020 since everyone is just like not having it, okay? Those are my thoughts about cultural appropriate appropriation, okay? Now I'm going to dig a little deeper into the rabbit hole. So let's do some talk on colorism. Ouch. I think I hit a nerve somewhere. Sorry, not sorry. What is colorism, you ask? Some of you know it, some of you don't. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, this is a dictionary, okay? I didn't make this up. It's a practice of discrimination by which those with lighter skin are treated more favorably than those with darker skin. This is not just a practice in America. You listened to my Latinidad, right? You listened to that segment. Remember that one? So, it's a product of racism in that it upholds that the white standard of beauty yeah no I said that wrong no I really did because I'm just like all up in my words here so it's a product of racism and in that it upholds the white standards of beauty in institutions like media and society in general this is how it's written and this is how it's described okay I didn't make this up so sorry for me fumbling through my words okay so that is what I found out that's what colorism means now Colorism sadly falls on the laps of many Afro-Americans and Afro-Latinxers. Why, you ask? The whole lighter is better and we can make the race better by choosing to not commingle with darker skinned people is it's it's embedded in. It's we just we just we hear it and we already know it. We already know who says it. We hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. Um some people say like behind closed doors, but my generation, um, yeah, the people who are like, kind of like in their 50s, yeah, people like us, we, we grew up hearing this, that was how we were branded, literally, um, you know, I, I cringe, <laughs> I really do cringe when I hear young, young black women, who, when I, and they're young girls too, now, didn't it, they, they should know better, but they don't, Wanting a light-skinned guy because they want their baby daddy to, you know, to be light for they can have light-skinned babies. Or they call them pretty babies. Or even worse, black men aiming for Asian or light-skinned Hispanic women to create pretty babies or exotic brands. Because that's what it is. You're creating a brand, really. You know, it's when I hear that. And I, and I hear that often, which is interesting. It's like... You're only sitting on the bus and people are like, I want my baby daddy to be this. And I want my baby daddy to be that. And you're like, God damn, is this really all that people are thinking about? This, this is what really the world has come down to. That how light you want your baby to be. Really? Or how exotic you want your child to be. You know, some of those exotic looking kids are quite ugly. Just want to tell you that. You know, if nobody told you, some of them can come out pretty ugly. So don't think that by commingling like that, you're going to make pretty babies all the time. You know, it's it's a crapshoot here. You know, 
you you haven't you you haven't yet right you haven't heard someone say you're gonna you, you haven't heard someone say to two two dark-skinned people that are a couple you've never heard them I, I doubt if you ever heard somebody say you're gonna make some really pretty babies oh yes you're gonna make some really exotic looking babies you tell me when you heard someone say that last really you haven't it's ingrained deep in our skulls on what color beautiful is you know, it, it's, it's so ingrained in us because sometimes we do it and we don't realize that we're doing this. And it's wrong. Don't get it twisted. Colorism and racism are not the same thing, okay? So just in case you, you get a little confused, it's not the same thing. Awareness, my fam, is key. That is key. Shit doesn't need to happen in your backyard for it to mean something and to prove that it's real. It doesn't have to happen in your backyard, okay? Just know that. Yeah, I'm a little passionate about this. Yes, I am. And the more I talk about it, the more passionate I get. So I apologize in advance. No, I don't. No, I don't. But it sounds good. Now, uh, I'm going to tap into A-A-V-E. Now you're probably going, what? What in the world is A-A-V-E? Not A-A-R-P. I do mean A-A-V as in Victor, E as in Echo. That, my dear, means African-American vernacular English. Try to say that 10 times real fast. <laughs> the sad thing is that this is just another way of saying Ebonics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven't heard that word in a hot minute, have you? Remember when the big controversy back in the days was teaching our children Ebonics in school? That was like a big deal. Yeah. Big deal. They wanted to teach us vernacular English. Now get this, imagine the slap on the lip we would have received every time we said something like, we ain't gonna do that, we ain't gonna do none of them damn dishes, or oh, what about, uh, what's the dillio, my dog, I don't ever remember saying that, but I heard it somewhere, uh, what about fish shizzle, my bro? Oh my God, I sounded so stupid right there. However, I don't think that that has ever been said, but in my head, it sounds like somebody said it once. In my head, okay? Okay? So, I'm sorry if no one has ever... Just laugh at me. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Anyway, imagine talking like that in front of your parents, man. Boy! <laughs> Boy! That's all I can say. Boy! You would you would, you 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 was you see that hand coming. You see that hand coming. And what about don't come up in my house speaking like that? Street talk up in here. You speak proper English. Yeah, we all heard that. We all heard that. And we when we got older and we were old enough to talk outside of the house, we talked all types of shit outside the house. But inside the house, we were so proper with our English. Yes, we were. We were not allowed to say the word ain't, and we were not allowed to say other words which I'm not going to say right now because quite frankly I speak proper English riddle me this why are non-blacks using language in terms that we used to get slapped for that we were taught it wasn't proper but now it's fine with them yeah riddle me that another thing you can message me and let me know why that happens because it ain't cool it's not it's not cool at all I don't recall black parents getting upset when when our white friends came over to visit Right? Because apparently, you know, they spoke proper English. <laughs> you ain't hear them while we were in school. 
See, you ain't get to hear that part because there was no proper English when we were in school, when we were playing around in the cafeteria. But when they came to our homes, we all had to be very proper, even if they were not. How sad is that? Now, we get all types of slack for using our black scent. Yeah, you heard me right, our black scent, because we have that. But then I have to peel my teeth and glee every time I walk down the goddamn street and hear a white folk imitating Snoop Dogg or Eddie Murphy. Well, with the exception of Eminem. Yeah, I can say the exception of Eminem. He somehow got a pass. Yeah, he did. He got a pass. Gotta look a bit more into that. I do love him. I do adore I do. I, I just adore his music. But I just gotta look a little bit how he got that pass. Because Ice Ice Baby, remember him? Vanilla Ice Boy? <laughs> he almost made it. He, he actually made it before he got, he was about to get thrown off of a balcony, but you know, he survived it. Um, but I don't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't go too far with this one. And don't, and don't come back at me hollering with black people try to act white all the time. Okay. Don't, don't, don't come, come, come back. Up with me. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Cause remember what cultural appropriation means, fam. Okay. You remember a little, you know, a few, a few minutes ago, I told you what cultural appropriate appropriation was. When someone adopts something from a culture that is not his or her own. Remember that. Just in case you forgot. Black people's interactions with other cultures are not based on a historically violent relationship. And it's not based on taking from others and benefiting from those cultures. That is what appropriation consists of. Okay? We, we're definitely not guilty of that. I can tell you that. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Nicki Minaj. Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I can't even tell you what song. She, something Anaconda with a sort of snake. Something like that. But I do love something that she said a while back ago. And, you know, I had to pull it back up because I, I couldn't remember it word for word. She said, if you want to enjoy our culture and our lifestyle, then you should also want to know what affects us, what is bothering us, what we feel and what is unfair to us. You should not want to know that. By the way, it's a total dick move to even try to compare each one. You know what I mean? From It's a total dick move if you're trying to compare our experiences with your experiences. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up on a book. There's a book that I want you to read or look up. Try to read. It's called Black Negroes by Lauren Michelle Jackson. Look it up, and I promise you, you'll never regret reading this book. It's just a deep book. Well, I am literally almost at the um, at the end of my podcast, and quite frankly, it feels really, really good that I was able to share all of these thoughts with you. Um, it it really does mean a lot to me that you took the time to listen. And take it or leave it. You can't bury the truth and what's in your face. So I, I do my best, as I usually tell you, to try to share this information with you. For you can share it with someone else and you can pass it down the line. I just want to tell you, fam, thank you so much for joining me in this journey. Next week on I Won't Pretend Stay Woke, we are going to throw the doors wide open yet again. And we will speak the truth and shame the devil. As always, love, peace, and hair grease.
Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds Where are people gonna rise up Get their jack Gonna rise up and take what's there. 